Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Hackettstown, New Jersey, Cat Swamp Road. So hopefully the sound of my voice has everything going well in your operation. And as you know, we get together here every Saturday in the farm shop at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m., and that's in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, and that's exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. And then after after each episode airs the following week, it is listed as a podcast on my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, so you could always go back there and listen to it and check it out. And I want to welcome all those that are listening on the podcast, too. So um, that is basically that. Hey, I got a couple of new pins in my map, so I got to thank a couple of people here. The first person that I need to thank is Angela Evans, and she's from Rydal. I'm pronouncing it Rydal. I don't think it's Rydal. It only has one L, R-Y-D-A-L, Georgia. And she listens on Sirius XM Channel 147, Rural Radio. And then then I have to thank Mr. Rich Bronick, and he is from Great Falls, Montana. And he, I think he, lis- he listens to both the podcast and the Idle Chatter podcast and the Sirius XM show, Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And he sent me a picture. He's got a gorgeous 1984 Steiger um, tractor that, he, that they've had since 1995. I think it has about 10,000 hours, and he repowered it. Uh, recently he took the 3406 out of it and he put a big cam 3 cummins 855 in it and he put all modern controls in it not engine controls but he's got rtk he's got auto steer he's got uh planting controls so he basically has an, a new old tractor and i think that's really a very very interesting and neat concept where he's put all of the uh the necessary things for modern agronomy i would say and he kept the old engine and old drive line and what have you so it's probably so i think it's the best of both worlds so i'm going to talk to him and i may actually have him on an episode and let him tell us about the different obstacles he ran into with converting that older tractor over to all of the new electronics because really the engine the electronics on the engine is for emission controls and don't get me wrong i don't want dirty air but everything else is uh, basically for agronomic functions, right? And that's what we really need to talk about. But we have, three, well, four winners, but I'll explain that to you, for, of Hot Rod Farmer license plates this week. And if, you, if you're new or you don't recall, just send me a pin. You could go and send me to Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. Let me know where you listen from or go to the website. And there's a form there. Sue have put up a form and you just click on it, fill it out, and you automatically get entered into the drawing for a free Hot Rod Farmer license plate and get a pin in my map and get announced on the radio and the podcast. But this week's winners of the Hot Rod Farmer license plate is Glendon Zimmerman from Lidditz, Pennsylvania, Barry Alt from Palmyra, New York. And then we have like two winners. They're, they get two license plates, but they're a brother and, <clears throat> brother and sister team. And it's Sam and Reagan Barleeb from Stewartsville, New Jersey. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat went bad already. So, ghost guys, reach out to me. 
Glendon, Barry, and Sam and Reagan and reach out to me and get me your mailing address at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com and I will get those plates out to you ASAP. And on today's episode, what I'm going to be talking about is using a digital multimeter, but specifically an inductive amp clamp and a frequency meter on modern equipment and i think it's important for you even not even modern equipment older equipment but it's important for you to understand how to use that and the benefit in diagnostics that that brings to your farm and to your farm shop right because we got because agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability so sit pat during a short break and we'll get into these multimeters Agriculture is constantly changing, so it's great to have a station to turn to each day to keep up on the latest in farming and ranching. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Each weekday on Ag PhD Radio, we discuss what you need to know to make your crops healthy and profitable. Your money. The Market Day Report. Five hours of news that matters to rural America. The lifeblood of information for farmers and ranchers. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. The agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. Sirius XM 147 and on the SXM app. This Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOWheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. According to Financial Buzz, the health and wellness market is growing at an exponential rate. It is now thought to be worth $762 billion globally. Teaching the next generation of farmers to grow health-promoting crops is crucial to preventing the burden of both sedentary lifestyles and future pandemics, each of which impact our health infrastructure. The pandemic has accelerated this growth as more people want to understand the benefits of healthy foods and improve their chances of staying immune to new diseases. By 2027, this market is expected to reach $1 trillion in the U.S. alone. This provides an opportunity for controlled agriculture farmers to be at the forefront of healthy eating. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out, caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And we're going to get into uh, the need for a multimeter. And a multimeter is different than a, than a voltometer, even a digital voltometer, which is abbreviated DMM. And a digital multimeter is abbreviated DMM. Everything is some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, acronym today, right? Got to have a bunch of letters. But anyway, you're gonna, if you don't have one of these in the farm shop already, you're going to need to get one, and probably most of you do have some to some have a, a meter to some level, a digital multimeter. But what I, what I want to really emphasize today is why you need a meter that has the ability to read frequency, and also one that has the ability to read amperage inductively. And the catalyst for me to talk about this, even though I've wanted to for quite some time, was the uh, news that John Deere. I guess after a lot of complaints is 
going to be offer to the public, whatever that means, some software and some information under the guise of the right to repair. And if you listen to any of my shows, I am certainly not against the right to repair, but the right to repair also comes with an obligation on the person who's doing the repair. There's an onus, a responsibility that you know what you're doing and know and understand the equipment and understand the technology. So it's not something where you're just going to say, well, there's a right to repair, but you need to be able to have some sort of knowledge on what's how the system works and and the software and the special tools. And I'm not saying that that's that no i'm not saying that anyone in the audience doesn't have that ability to learn that but it's really not that simple and it's a dedicated um it's something you have to dedicate yourself to you're not just going to plug in through a laptop computer through some software and it's going to fix the tractor for you or the truck or what have you but anyway that's neither here nor there i guess as we go down this road with the right to repair we will see who's uh who's swimming in a good water in the deep water right who's going to be able to swim to shore or who's going to drown in it and uh lots of times you got to watch out what you wish for in life because it is not what it seems but we will uh let me get back to the multimeter well the thing is that a modern multimeter and there's all different types of meters so i'm not going to tell you what kind to buy you have to shop around and look um, there's a company called john fluke fluke meters are excellent but there's other excellent meters but the important thing is that you want to be able to read amperage inductively and why is that important because the amperage draw of a circuit is very very telling it's akin to getting a uh, soil sample before you plant and see what nutrients are in the soil it's also akin to getting a, a, a tissue analysis or a sap analysis on a plant so it's a very good diagnostic tool for what's happening with an electrical circuit and the amperage draw is going to give you a um i, I i'm going to say an indicator but it's going to be a it's going to foretell just like a uh, fluid analysis analysis where it's going to foretell a potential problem now you've been you would have been able to read amperage for years with an amp meter this is nothing new but the fact of the matter is when you're working on something and human nature being what it is that the old style prior to the inductive clamps and the inductive clamps have been around for some time in different shapes and forms but uh you'd have to break into the circuit so an ammeter would need to be wired in series and what series means is that you're going to break into the circuit and you have the positive and negative leaves of the ammeter and you're going to put that and it's going to actually become part of the circuit what i mean by break into the circuit let's say there's a plug there and you unplug it and you put the one end of the ammeter in one end of the wiring harness the other end of the ammeter positive and negative and the other end of the wiring harness and then the current flow flow the electron flow goes through the meter and gives you a reading so that made it very difficult because lots of times you could not break into a circuit easily or the circuit was completely hardwired and then you either have to cut into it or probe it so it it really it it really was was not a a uh, very agreeable to check amperage and because it wasn't agreeable to check amperage draw then in lots of instances nobody did it and they were leaving a diagnostic tool on in on the shelf on the table because they didn't want to bother to do it and uh and i was guilty of that also so with the with the advent of a accurate inductive clamp 
all you have to do is clamp, uh, place this clamp around the wire that you want to read the amperage draw on, and then your test instrument, whatever type of meter you have, is going to give you the current. Obviously, you have to turn that circuit on and power it up. Otherwise, there's no there's no electrons flowing to it. So why is this important? Well, as we start to get involved with more and more electronic controls on planters, on tractors, on every piece of equipment, and it could be AC or DC. These could be controls on a grain bin. They could be your well pump. They could be your pump to your center pivot. It makes no difference. Anything that runs on electricity is going to work under Ohm's law, which volts times amps equals watts. But what, what the amperage drawer is going to tell you is that if there is a potential problem going on. So let's say arguably it's a little bit late now because you're already into April and you have electric drive meters on your planter. So let's say you have a 10-row planter for easy arithmetic. Now, the thing is that if that drive meter is having some sort of issue, and what I mean by that, that it's binding somewhere, it could be binding in the electric motor itself, it could be binding whether it's a finger meter, whether it's a plate or what have you, it makes no difference. Whatever it's turning, if it's starting to bind, if there's a bearing going bad, what have you, in either the mechanical part of the meter or the electric part of the meter, what will happen is the current draw will go up. It's still going to work but the current draw will go up so instead of arguably saying it should take four amps it may take five amps or six amps now the thing is that keep in mind that a lot of guys are running a precision planting system they're very they're doing variable variable seeding rate everything is variable today so the fact is and we and it's a great cost savings but there also is a potential for you to lose that variability if one of the meters is drawing too much current because it's somewhere binding somewhere in its in its functionality it's binding so in essence what a good test for you to do and this i mean this test would if you have the instrumentation is not going to take long i mean you could do it mid planting season is that you would go into the power wire the feed wire to each meter and you would clamp the and you would put the inductive clamp around it and then you would evoke the meter they could all be running at the same time if you wanted you're just going to go and you're going to check each one and then you would and you could either write this down or record it or you don't need to write it down you could say okay fine that they're all drawing about let's say the first nine are drawing four amps 4.5 amps 4.2 amps in that ballpark and then you go to the to the tenth meter, and it is and it is drawing, let's say six amps, or arguably it's drawing three amps. Now you remember when you're looking at something like that, that that historically it's going to be a higher amperage draw, but if a lower amperage draw is a concern also because maybe something is not engaging and it's just spinning. So the amperage draw on the circuit is going to be very very telling. You have a uh, a multi-zone sprayer or anything that's going to have solenoids shutting on and off is that you'll be able to read very easily and very quickly and the thing here is to be able to get an amperage reading on a circuit 
without violating the circuit and without going crazy and having a lot of work just clipping clipping this clamp around it and evoking the circuit and be able to get an accurate amperage reading so what you do is the things that you would look for when you're buying a clamp and a meter is that you want a clamp and a meter that has a lot of resolution so you could accurately read a circuit that's only drawing two or three or four amps and you could accurately read something that's drawing 400 amps which would be let's say like a cranking motor on a tractor or a combine so that's so you want to try to have that resol- as much resolution as possible now historically when you look to buy a clamp and a meter that has a lot of resolution the price goes up because it costs money to add resolution so you may say well i'm going to buy a less expensive meter or a less expensive inductive clamp and th- and there are there are these clamps that have a meter integrated into them so like i said you buy what's going to be best for you i'm just telling you why you need it and you could say well i'm going to use this one for cranking motors because it's you know it goes up to 450 amps and i'll use this other clamp that i'm going to on on my multimeter that is going to be for lower amperage drop so i could get an accurate scale and accurate resolution so it's just like a pressure gauge you want to have enough resolution on that pressure gauge that you could accurately read whatever you're interested in so if you have a pressure gauge agrees between zero and a thousand pounds and you want to read five pounds in a tire well it's probably not going to be that accurate at five pounds and this but it'll be accurate at 650 pounds and then if you have if you want to if you have a gauge that only reads up to 15 or let's say 20 pounds and you want to read 600 pounds well obviously you can't use that so keep that in mind with instrumentation and you may have to have two different meters or two different clamps uh one for higher amperage draw and one for lower amperage draw but what i want you to do is get used to using as a preventative maintenance specifically on a planter on anything on a on a sprayer on a uh, a, a starter a cranking motor circuit anything that's going to draw amperage which is any electrical circuit but has the possibility to have to be binding or have an excessive draw so another thing you want to check alternator output very very important you just go around the output of the alternator with the clamp you load the alternator and how do you load it well if you had a carbon pile you could load it but if not you could put the lights on you could put the air conditioner on the windshield wipers on so it's a tool that is so easy to use but is so important so that before i go into frequency the take-home message here is that the amperage drawer of an electrical of an electrical electrical circuit or electric motor or a solenoid or a relay is going to be foretell what is happening and it's going to foretell it before it starts before it fails but if you're looking at something that needs to be very accurate and the amperage drawer is higher well the electric motor may potentially turn slower if it's a solenoid it may not respond as quickly as possible so there's a if it's a relay it may not turn on that circuit as quickly as possible as it should so there's a lot of things going on and the and what i want to stress to you is that just like a tissue analysis is on a plant is foretelling what or not foretelling telling you what nutrients are getting in the plant is that you need to be able to identify very easily and quickly the current draw of anything on your modern or even your older farm equipment there's just less for you to check right you have like i was saying about uh 
that Steiger that Steiger tractor that uh, Mr. Bronick has over in Montana. Well, that doesn't have all these electronic controls, but he's got electronic controls for auto steer, for uh, variable rate planting, for RTK, for end row turning. And also that's got an alternator, that's got a starter. So if that starter is starting to get dirty inside or the brushes are starting to wear, the amperage drawer is gonna start to go up. So I don't wanna belabor it, but if you make it easy to check it, you will check it. And the easy way for you to check it is with a digital, meter with an inductive clamp next we're going to talk about frequency and everything i shouldn't say everything most things today are a pulse width modulated circuit most controls are pulse width modulated so you need to have a meter and this would be incorporated into the digital multimeter that reads hertz that reads pulse width and reads duty cycle so if you want to look at the opening time of a fuel injector if you're going to be able to use that meter if you want to if you have a uh, a pulse width modulated sprayer you're going to be able to use that meter and you're going to be able to read whether it's pulse width which is the length of time that the ground circuit is completed and that solenoid whatever it's operating is turned on you and the other you could look at it in hertz it's all it's all the same thing it's just looking at it in a different metric hertz is its frequency in cycles per second and then you could also look at a duty cycle so if it's on if it's on doesn't shut on and off if it's constantly on that's 100 percent duty cycle if it's 50 percent on 50 percent off time then that is fifth then that it would be a 50 percent duty cycle half on half off and as we get as we go forward it's it's hard for me to do this in 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 the length of this show but i want to introduce these topics to you because it is so important for you to understand that the current drawer is going to be a telltale sign and you want to look at pulse width and you want to look at frequency or duty cycle depending upon which metric you're looking at all right the same meter will the the meter will do the, will do all three it's just a matter of picking the scale and if you as you get into these electronic controls as you get into these sprayer controls as you get into these grain bin controls you get into these these center pivot controls that 95 percent of them or even more are duty cycle and you need to have a way to 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 quantify this and put a number on that because you hear tick 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 that you think that it is working it may be working but it may be lazy and and then you would look at it and say well geez if this winding is lazy is it lazy mechanically because this solenoid is moving a mechanical part or is it lazy because of internal resistance and then you would look at the uh, voltage drop across that solenoid and you'd also look at the current draw with your inductive clamp so if you put these together you're going to be able to do a lot of diagnostics very quickly very easily and you're going to be able to foretell what's happening with that circuit way before it fails and that's really what it is all about the necessities of life food water shelter and your favorite radio hosts this is jeff tigger Earhart. tigger and rebecca warner aka back join us every week right here for the ranch it up radio show and the bend radio show we talk cattle market sale barn reports news cooking lifestyle outdoors recreation and everything in between and there's a lot in between ranch it up and the bend this week 
on Rural Radio, Channel 147. Rural Radio is your home for the best in professional rodeo. Be sure to join us for Western Sports Roundup at 6 p.m. Eastern as we will recap the action from the kickoff of the San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. And be sure to tune in this Thursday through Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern as we continue our coverage of the San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo, a Texas tradition since 1932. Tune in this week to Rural Radio, Channel 147, and listen anytime on the SXM app. The Voice of Agriculture, Kansas Farm Bureau. It's time to sign up for the Ag Innovation Challenge, a national business competition showcasing U.S. startups developing innovative solutions for American farmers, ranchers, and rural communities. Emma Larson is Farm Bureau Director of Industry Relations. Applications are open through April 29th. We will be announcing the top 10 semifinalist teams on September 13th. The winner will be receiving $50,000. And if you don't take home the top prize, Larson says it's an invaluable experience. They do receive one-on-one mentorship from Cornell University and other incubators. They gain national exposure. They're able to network with other agribusinesses. Learn more and apply online at fb.org slash challenge. And listen again here for more from the Voice of Agriculture, Kansas Farm Bureau. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So now is time for our under the sheet metal segment and I'm gonna discuss the importance of carburetor float level. The gasoline engine will always have a place on the American farm and it will need to have a method to atomize the fuel and mix it with air, the standard being the carburetor. Though a carburetor has many fuel and air pathways known as circuits, the foundation of its operation is the float circuit. This consists of the bowl, float, and inlet needle valve and seat. The float bowl acts as a reservoir that feeds all the fuel circuits. Thus, it has great influence on how the rest of the carburetor operates and in turn how the engine runs. The float setting determines the fuel level in the bowl. If the fuel level in the bowl is too high, the engine can either flood or be excessively rich right off idle. To confirm this, gain access to the carburetor and look down its throat with the engine running at the speed or load that the problem occurs. If you see raw fuel being introduced in excessive quantities, the float level is the first place to look. If the engine runs fine but lacks power under load, then it is very possible that the float level is too low and the bowl is running out of gas and leaning the mixture. I have seen engines that ran fine at idle and light load, but when put to the task, fell off greatly in power or with not RPM. If the float is suspended from the air horn, it will have both a height setting with the air horn inverted and a drop adjustment with the air horn upright. When the float is moored in the fuel bowl, it will have only a height setting. It is paramount that you follow the manufacturer's procedure for setting the float and this specification, which is usually a fraction of an inch, such as 1130 seconds. If you only renew the gaskets in the carburetor and never check the float setting, you are cheating yourself out of the power and performance that that engine has to offer. And, you know, and it's so important. I mean, when I had my drag race engine shop, I had a guy come to me, guy had a well, potentially an 850 horsepower engine that was dynoing at 400 horsepower, and it was because the float levels were too low. We set the float levels right, readjust the jetting, and the thing made like 870. All right, so that guy had a 400 horsepower float adjustment. Uh, 
So keep that in mind. So listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day. Stay safe. And don't forget to get that amp probe and start checking everything. You're going to love it once you get involved with that. You'll wonder how you lived without it. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. Last year, I had the privilege, along with my family, to pay tribute to our father, and certainly one of the greatest American heroes of all time, by opening John Wayne and American Experience in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Visitors love it. There's so much to see from memorabilia stemming from a lifelong movie career to our family car my dad brought home when I was just a boy. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in the Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into the Duke's life that's only available here. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Well, when the railroad pays off, you can take 20000 out of the kitty for me. Well, I guess you'll have to excuse me, ladies. Son, since you haven't learned to respect your elders, it's time you learn to respect your betters. Huh? Oh. Tickets are available on JohnWayne.com, or they can be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. It's the all-new and improved Ranch It Up radio show. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. The boss lady back in my crew as we hear more on bull selection tips. We discuss what is hitting the news in the Ranch It Up world, have the market recaps you've come to rely on, and lots more. This Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. U.S. Farm Report. With host Tyne Morgan, commentator John Phipps, farm director Al Pell, and meteorologist Mike Hoffman. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. You can hear us Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at 7 a.m. Eastern right here on World Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hey, this is the Exhibition Shooters, the, the Gould, Gould Brothers. Brothers. And thanks for listening to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius, Sirius XM. XM.